there they all are now again. The boys and girls of the Irish in Sweden community, the Swedish Irish community. And soon, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be back among you. I am still still sitting here in Doha, sweating couple of days before I actually by the time you hear this I will be back in Sweden and I'll be going from sort of 30 35 degrees during the day to minus god knows what when I get off that plane at a quarter past 10 on the Sunday night before this episode comes out at seven o'clock on the Monday morning because you couldn't be letting Kevin Carroll down uh, and I hope you're all well wherever you are I hope you're nice and warm and that you found all your winter clothes in the attic or down in the cellar or wherever it is you keep them and that your winter boots aren't leaking this year and I hope that um, I believe as you'll hear a little bit later in the podcast I was reading the forecast earlier on today and there's plenty of snow uh, due so we might get an old white Christmas if we're saying in Stockholm and uh, even if we do I hope it doesn't affect your travel plans if you're travelling back to Ireland in the near future now the last time I was through uh, Ireland Airport was on the way over here a few weeks ago and there was still um yeah still a few problems you know in terms of getting through security and that kind of thing so we all know that traveling is fairly stressful and there's nothing more stressful than traveling at christmas time right so give yourselves plenty of time lads right it's the time of the year whereby you can probably you know if you want to be nice to yourself you can have a pint at the airport or a cup of coffee in the airport despite the obvious expense right do that rather than leave yourself you know arriving up 40 minutes before your flight goes and you know breaking your own heart trying to get to wherever you're going because we all know there's not a whole lot of direct flights going on and that kind of thing so it's going to be tough getting home but get out in good time get your toiletries sorted out get your check-in bags sorted out and just give it the time you need to get through there if you can of course book the priority line but even there I've noticed that more and more people are doing that so it's no guarantee that you're just going to glide through now as if you were uh, some sort of you know politician or some sort of superstar supermodel influencer as you go you know listen this week we decided that we take a look back at some of the things that have happened in the community through the year and I was a little bit curious lads because even though I'm away from you I'm still interested in what's going on up there when I'm not keeping an eye on you and I saw plenty of things going on on social media because the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden who very generously uh, provided some sponsorship for this podcast this year and there's a couple of more episodes to, to come from their perspective right but um Last weekend, they had their gala dinner, including the presenting of the Beacon Award, which went to the wonderful Neil Costigan, which we'll talk about more in the podcast. But I saw some of the lovely pictures that have been going up on LinkedIn. I've seen uh, Hannah Fraser and, and the boys and girls from Enterprise Ireland were putting pictures up there. And there was a great keynote speech there by, made by Mark Little from RTE, a journalist colleague of mine many, many years or like many years ago. I was working as a journalist. He was working as a journalist. You'd bump into him the odd time in America or in Dublin or wherever he happened to be. And a man who started not one but two businesses that I think he sold on for vast sums of money fair play to him he came over to Stockholm to the gala dinner and he had a chat so I figured that um, as you'll hear in the start there you know I figured the best way to get the lowdown on that was to get our good friend Sophie Murphy who's been on the podcast several times in the past and Suzanne Hunt now Suzanne is the first female chairperson of the Stockholm Gales right so as if you don't know the story myself and the wonderful Colin Courtney from Kerry started the Stockholm Gales many years ago now when we say we started it right we kind of had an idea and there was loads of other people involved as well and there was a committee and all that kind of thing but people tend to give us credit and so Jesus you know if it's going we may as well take it but um so we started and I was chairperson for all the way through until maybe I think it was, was the middle of 2021 or so yeah the middle of 2021 and then I just couldn't do it anymore I was burnt out and I was running out of energy and that kind of thing and I had to step away from it and then uh, Joe Corliss took 
over and saw out the year. And then Suzanne was elected at the start of this year. And it was wonderful to have a woman as chairperson of the club for the very first time because the club has always been about that sense of equality and that sense of, you know, the women's team has always been a very, very important part of it, if not the most important part uh, at certain times. And certainly one of the more successful parts of the clubs at certain times as well. They've been a wonderful team throughout the years. And we've had so many great players, both Swedish and Irish and coming from all over the world. Uh, you'd have to say in a way that they've been a better story of integration than the men's team had for a variety of reasons. So Suzanne came in there, brilliant, brilliant person altogether. So I want to get her on and get Sophie on and talk about you know the year in the community from the perspective of the community organisation. So Sophie is involved in the Swedish Irish Society. Suzanne's involved in the Stockholm Gales. They were both at the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden's Christmas uh, Gala and that. Yeah, so we just uh, we had a good old chat about that. And you know what? Going to play it for you now, lads, because it's getting late night here in Doha and, and I'm starting to run out of energy with this. But thankfully, I'll be back at Mugish and I'll be back after this uh, this interview just to, to close up. And we'll do the any other business. The bit of housekeeping, lads, before the Christmas. But here you go. Here's the two giddles and a bit of an old chat we had about the year for the Swedish-Irish community. Now, as it's well known in the Irish community, if you want to know anything about what's going on when you're away, you have to ask the women. And there are no better women to ask than Suzanne Hunt, chairperson of Stockholm Gales, and Sophie Murphy, who at this stage is the co-host of this podcast because she's been on it. She's second only to me in the amount of appearances. Sophie, how are you keeping? I believe somebody infected you with some sort of a disease there recently at uh, the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden's uh, recent ball, did they? Yeah, unfortunately, I catch the flu after the gala, so that's why I'm sounding a bit scrawny at the moment. So, yeah, you just have to um, just like, I don't know, keep up with it. Just, just soldier through it. I believe there was uh, a couple of drinks to be had at the ambassador's residence tomorrow as we were talking at the Christmas reception, and I believe the lemsips are flying. Suzanne, how is your Christmas looking at this stage? Are you still very busy with work and that kind of thing and these various different functions that have to be gone to? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty intense right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Staying here for Christmas, actually. I'm staying. I'm staying. I'm staying in Stockholm for Christmas. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me and the kids I'd- and the husband. I, I'm only imagining now that you heard the podcast that we did with the lads from Taylor and Jones, and which are Jesus, yeah, we get I a put, No, I put my order in. I have the turkey and the ham ordered, and a Good sneaky one. Yeah. Lovely. We, we'll be on to the lads looking for a bit of commission, but that's not what we're here to talk about, right? Because we wanted to do two things. We wanted to talk about the year with the Stockholm Gales and then just have a little chat about what went on at the ball uh, the other night because I couldn't be there myself and I believe Mark Little gave a great speech. we get to that in a second. But Suzanne, you took over this year as chairperson of the Stockholm Gales. Um, was that the maddest thing you've ever done in your life, uh, life? And have you lived to regret it? Well, I walked out of the meeting and when uh, we came up with the new committee this year, um, I joined in to say, um, sure, I'll give them a dig out, um, give them a bit of help if I can. And somehow I walked out being the chairperson. Um, <laughs> nobody else was putting themselves forward. And I says, well, do you know, I could do it. But I didn't think anyone would actually take me serious. And sure, lo and behold, it is. And here I am. Uh, th- that is the, literally the best decision that they have ever made, in my humble opinion, right? Um, uh, how has it been? Uh, <laughs> I don't like, know they say that. <laughs> yeah, th- th- there you go. But how has it been? Because like it was something new for you. You haven't really, you been like you, you come from more of a soccer background, a GAA background. Yeah. So was it completely new for you uh, to do this kind of thing, was it? Yeah, I was pretty straightforward with um, 
and I've no shame in it that I, I don't know that much about GAA despite my Irish roots. Um, but I do know uh, that it was an important part uh, for my husband when he moved to Stockholm. We moved to Stockholm six years ago and it was a great outlet for when you're coming to a country like Sweden um, to meet fellow like minded people um, and, you know, a sense of community when you're, you know, navigating those first few months um, in a strange country. <clears throat> and because he took over then as the coach um, and he was just saying they were looking for some help that it was a little bit tough after the the pandemic of course a lot of things have you know um uh, fallen to the wayside you know because of the pandemic like everything else um and i just thought that it's such a, a vital part of the irish community um and maybe i can help out a little bit i was looking for something to get involved more with my community um so it kind of i said right i'll go to the meeting and sure here we are <laughs> it's a, you make it sound so easy because one of the reasons that I, I was partially behind the decision to suggest you as chairperson <laughs> right because but put simply and I'm not sort of you know uh, trying to sort of big you up here you're basically one of the most competent and clever people I know so you like I just went <laughs> okay no seriously like I was going if anybody's going to do it it probably should be Suzanne Sophie do you remember when you first sort of bumped into Suzanne and when you heard that she was going to sort of take over as chairperson of the committee I think that she was actually the chairperson when I had joined. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm trying yeah. to like recall when the first time was that I bumped into to Suzanne. It might have been during Paddy's week, I think. Mm. I think it was before that we got involved because uh, Sophie's involved with the Swedish Irish Society, of course. Mm. Um, and we were just trying to, um, you know, touch base and see how we can collaborate. And uh, so that's how I got introduced to, oh, to Sophie. Right. Um and uh, somehow we convinced her to come down for ladies training. Um, her father was very happy. I know that much. <laughs> uh, she was very afraid, and uh, because of the numbers, they were they were a little bit low at the start of the year, uh, th- thanks to the pandemic again. Um, she thought that like you know she'll go down for training, and we had a match there in Helsinki. I think it was around spring and she was like oh she'll go for the crack like like they won't ask me to play but of course we were a few short of players so she played the whole match played a blinder I hear <laughs> oh I was there she certainly did <laughs> so she thought she was just going in for the fun but she's uh, one of their players now it's yeah. like I've always wanted to play GA, but uh, then uh, I think that I asked my dad the first time when I was like 13 14 uh, and he told me that uh, no, you're not allowed to play. Your nose is too pretty. I know I like to be rebellious. Uh, so I've had that in the back of my mind all the time. Uh, and then I was like, oh, might as well go ahead with it now that I know about the girls and I know Suzanne and I've been introduced to a couple of girls on the team. And it's so funny because after Helsinki, uh, I sent a picture to my dad and he was like, what's the number on your jersey? I was like seven. He's like, you're joking me. That's my old number. He's like, what position were you playing? I was like left wing forward. And he's like, no, you're joking me. That's what I used to play. So he's never been this proud. I can tell you. She swiftly moved into favorite daughter mode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there you go. Sister's not too happy. Like, I've been in the now for too long, and now just bump my way up to the first place. That's it. Like, I mean, your inheritance depends on this, girls. That's what we tend to forget, you know, to be nothing going to the kids who don't play, you know. And Sophie, how did you find it? Like, you know, when you got involved in this, we've spoken about this before, but did you find, because you went to school with a lot of other Irish guys and girls the same age as you, you all pretty much went to one school, but has this given you sort of a new dimension to, to your sort of identity and how you feel about yourself? 
Oh, definitely. I think that um, where my dad comes from, sports is a massive thing. Um, and I know it's like the other kids that I went to school with, uh, they're all dubs. And uh, <laughs> I don't think it has to do anything with the fact that they're dubs, but it's like the families that they come from, they're not as involved in like the Irish community. But me uh, coming from a massive like sports family uh, and all my cousins have played in like senior B level. Uh, it's all that they talk about. And me being very close to like the Murphy side, um, so it's been a part of my identity with like sports and everything. Uh, played handball for um, quite a few years, things like that. And so then joining the Gales, that has like added a new dimension to it. And my uncle and I speak about GA all the time. He's always very interested. And my great uncles, they want to know everything all the time. They're like, oh, how did the tournament go? And things like that. So they're all very interested in how it's going. It's brilliant. We'll have to try to get the rest of your old classmates down at some point and even just give them a go and see if they enjoy it at some point, you know? Suzanne, what was the toughest thing for you this year? Because, you know, you don't realise it when you take it on, but it's a hell of a lot of work doing the job of chairperson in the Gales. What was the hardest thing that you found? Um, I would say navigating, just trying to see what needs to be done, um, but then actually trying to get it done. And, and one of the biggest things that we struggle with is actually getting training facilities, um, which is, is difficult at the best of times. But actually, because we're in Stockholm, there's a few barriers there due to the fact that uh, Gaelic football isn't recognized um as an olympic sport so therefore you're kind of down on the list about where you can go so trying to um build up relationships with the rugby club uh, to try and see they they book us pitches for there um and then just trying to meet different people in the community to build that up i think i realized early on that it was going to be a bit of a long struggle it's not as simple as ringing somebody up and saying, have you got a pitch? And they give it to you. Um, it's very much a long-term thing. And I, I've tried to say that to the people that we work with on this, but it can be frustrating and it can be frustrating for the players as well. Um, and I, I completely respect that. Like we we do have pitches out in Scarpnick, which is South Stockholm, and uh, they're not easy to get to. And everybody's working or studying um, and they still show up. And I think that that, that kind of keeps me going in that, you know, if they can come with all those barriers, imagine if we managed to get somewhere in the city centre at a great time and we could be more regular. We tried to get somewhere for the winter, hit a brick wall with that. Um, but it's kind of like eating it with the vision of um, it might not happen this year, but hopefully it'll happen next, if not the next. Um, we've had some great conversations, I have to say, um, with the Irish community and business in the community. Um, there's been a bit of a shift, I would say, in the Irish embassy and, and the Irish government's um, approach to Scandinavia. And um, that kind of started off this year and with the embassy inviting us in, in St. Patrick's Day, as well as the Swedish Irish Society to, you know, network and, and meet each other and see how we can support and collaborate. Um, and those relationships have been building up over the year um, to the point where I recognise a lot of people at the gala on Saturday night. Um, and it's not that somebody has a pitch in their back pocket, but it's about kind of building relationships and uh, figuring things out. Um, and we figured a few things out, but we'll, we'll get there in the end. But that's the toughest thing. Like uh, you would think it's, you know, that it's money, um, the fundraising and, and the different things. We've been fortunate enough to have some great sponsors um, we have uh, different sponsors with Eblana and uh, Winstrom's. Um, and so money is like, uh, we can't spend it because we can't get a pitch. Um, and we're very good. Like we have a treasurer on board the, 
um, and a great committee that manages the funds. Um, but it's not it's not the problem. And <clears throat> I was at a meeting with the Irish uh, business community on, on Saturday. And uh, that's what I, I said to them. I said, it's actually coordination and resources that we need. And that was a bit refreshing. They said, they said, it's usually people come looking for money. I said, no, we're, we're very lucky that we have a lot of people sponsors our players. They, um, they, they dig in for, um, you know, fundraising. They, they do uh, the, the St. Patrick's Day parade, like they chip in for that to get a bit of money for the club and all that stuff. But it's actually just the, yeah, the, the like unseen stuff that's the hardest. Um, but like, we'll get there. I think. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I was I was talking to the ambassador recently, and I'm not going to go too much into what we said, you know. But we really have to do the long term thing. Previously, mm. I had a committee sort of for a year, and you might have people on it for two years, and then you know, I know Carol Fee and the treasurer, his wife just had a baby, so maybe he'll step back, and and you know, it was very hard to keep any sort of continuity in it. But if you can get that for a little while, are you going to continue being involved, Suzanne, without putting you on the spot? <laughs> I was just going to say you put me on the spot. I'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll 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 see if if i get voted in yeah i might do <laughs> a very diplomatic answer sophie you've been very involved you've been very involved this year sophie in the swedish irish society and you've been yeah. very keen to sort of work across the boundaries of the irish mm-hmm. chamber of commerce in sweden the society the gales and everything else how has that worked out for you have you found it difficult to break down the sort of the small little barriers that existed previously between these organizations I think that at first I was like, oh, got no idea how to approach this. But uh, then after getting to know Suzanne and Declan, who's the president of the ICCS, um, I think that we've all found um, like things that we can work on together. And there have been some great discussions going on. Now we just need to make sure that things start happening and that they don't just um stay as just like a bullet point during meetings that we actually mm. get to work with everything mm. and that's the hard part unfortunately yeah because yeah, like every everybody's volunteering their own time do you know what i mean but we all do it with the with the grow for home and the sense of community that we're trying to build and that there's something for everybody because i didn't really get involved with the gales like i said because i didn't play uh, so i didn't really get involved um uh, but like there should be something for everybody and there is with the Swedish Irish Society and the Irish Chamber of Commerce and, and, and the Gales but together like we can we can collaborate and um, it's not easy like but we, there, there is the will there and I think where there's a will there's a way um, yeah. because like <laughs> I'm here six seven years and like our kids are growing up people that came here to study now we're getting married having kids um, so their needs change and and you know we had um we had our first kids session in uh, Stockholm in August. Um, we arranged it with Sophie's idea, actually. So we should do something for the kids. And we said, like, yeah, yeah. So we sent out the invites and everything, thinking about four or five kids. But we got about uh, like 25 kids wanting to come. Yeah. Or the parents wanted them to come. And a few of our players uh, offered to, to facilitate the training session. And we had it during the lunch uh, on the tournament day. And it was just wonderful. Like... It was people that started, uh, you, Phil, started this club 2010 and you had your few players. They have kids now and they were down and talking about how much they missed it and how important it was for them. And uh, when they first came here and it was, they have great memories from it. And I think that that's what like should keep us going. That it's like we are building something here and um, it just won't happen overnight. But to have mm. kids seen it there, that gave me a lot of motivation. Um, my own daughter went in training 
Um, and she absolutely loved it. She'd never seen a GAA match. She moved here when she was one. <laughs> and she watched, mm. I think it was the Avalis.com, uh, the first match. Uh, the ambassador threw the ball in. It was great crack. And uh, she watched the first match. I had to, I had no child here. <laughs> Most of it was at a rugby <laughs> tournament. So she had to come. I felt sorry for her, but everyone was looking after her. It was great. Like yeah. she saw her first match and she saw her first, she, you know, she plays Swedish lag on football, you know, where mm. it's all, hey, yeah. It was, uh, she got to see the lads in action and the effing and the blinding and, and the violence. I would say <laughs> she was lit up and she was like, what is going on here? I said, that's Irish football love. And uh, she was made up with it. And then she got stuck into the training session. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is quite a sport. Uh, just another anecdote there that we had from the tournament was that we obviously had ambulance uh, service on the day in case anything happened. And they arrived up at about 8.30 in the morning and we were there till about four. And they arrived up very nice, uh, a man and a woman. Um, they were like, what do you need us to do? Blah, blah, blah. About an hour into it, <laughs> I walked over and the faces on them. I said, are you okay? They were just like, this, this is worse than rugby. And I was like, oh yeah, have you not seen it before? And he's like, no, my friend is Irish and he was telling me about it, but I didn't know. I said, oh, you should come down and play. You should come down and train. He's like, no, I value my life. Thank you. By the end of the day, they were wrecked. They said they hadn't been that busy with injuries uh, in ever. (laughs) (laughs) All a load of small things. They said they really enjoyed it. They said the crack was, well, obviously they didn't say the crack, but they were saying, yeah, they're all if they're whatever. Like it was. uh, (laughs) They had great fun, like. But it was it was only small things as well. There was nobody moaning, like you know, somebody had to get something tied up or whatever. They went over, they got it sorted out, and they went, oh, can I go oh, back yeah, on? Kind of thing, you know? that now in a Swedish soccer match. Do you know what I mean? Oh, God no, Jesus, <laughs> lads rolling around the ground for nothing. You know, it's ridiculous. Oh, they yeah. loved it. I, I they absolutely loved it. And like uh now, Emily, my daughter, like I, I just remember seeing her face going, What what did he just say? I was like, oh. <laughs> That was serious. <laughs> but it was so funny because Emily and I we, we went like behind the pitch during the final, and she's like, "I want to try that. I want to try that." So we were practicing our solos behind the benches, and yeah. she was lit up like a Christmas tree. But she was like, "Did you see that? Did you see that? I catched it! I catched it!" <laughs> so we were, all the boy, all the boys and girls looked, and that that was something. You know, it was like. Okay, things can be a little bit hard and it's not the easiest thing to do, um, you know, uh, myself and the committee organising these events and, and, and giving up our own time. There's, there's a few of us um, that do it. And but it's kind of like you get little moments like that that you're like, ah, there's, there's a reason you do it, isn't it? But uh, this is the thing. And it's fucking treacherous, Suzanne, because yeah. that one that one afternoon and when you see how much it means to other people and you yeah. go, oh, fuck it, I have to do this again. I can't walk away now. And yeah. it was like in our family life, it was a huge thing for 10 years, you know, or 12 yeah. years was I was doing. It. And now, you know, th- thankfully, I pawned it off onto yourself and Sophie and a few others. You know, But it does. It just means so much to people. But it's very hard then not to keep coming back, you know. And um, what did Damien? Damien was obviously not at the tournament, that kind of thing. Um, I believe that he was also elected to the committee. This is Damien, your husband, right? Is it true yeah. that you booted him off straight away? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Not, t- not telling any he tales. This, but he listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was very kind and he was volunteering his time. And um, it became there was quite a few of us. We, like there's a good few that donate their time, 
Um, you know, and it was very clear that like we didn't need all them people. And I didn't want anyone saying that we were in cahoots or, you know, like if Hatton came to a vote and we were voting, I didn't want anything to come into Ripley's So I was like, do you really need to do this and the coaching? And like, <laughs> oh, we were just trying to help out. And I was like, well, like, yeah, you can go. And he went, it's the best decision he ever made, he said. <laughs> So, so, so I resigned on his behalf. <laughs> we went, you know. Sophie, we, we we're always talking about and part of the reason we're talking to both of you, right, is we need people in the community to step up, right? We need people to join Suzanne on the committee. We need people to join the Swedish Irish Society. Where where do you think we can find these people? Can we find them among the people you went to school with? Where do we go to find people who want to get engaged the way you two guys are now engaged? That's a very good question, Phil. I've been asking myself the same question because like Hazel's been asking me uh, if I knew uh, if I know anyone that'd be willing to jump on the Gales committee. Um, so if anybody's listening to this and would be interested, uh, please uh, send a DM to Suzanne mm-hmm. as soon as possible. Or to me, or to you, or to anybody. Just get in touch, and we'll put you to work. Send a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, homie pigeons, anything like that, do, you know. But do you think if you think back to the, the the boys and girls, the guys and girls that you went to school with, like, is this something that you think that you know they might enjoy doing if we can somehow create the situation or the conditions for them to get involved? I definitely think so. Uh, I think it's all about. Um, I'd say pro- one of the things that I think deters people from getting involved is. Uh, it's like these organizations in the past have been very like old school same kind of people on the committee uh, not very diverse when it comes to um, age and gender sometimes Uh, but I think that now when there's more being done to like mix up the committees a bit try to get the young ones involved uh, I'd say that the Gales they've got an amazing age distribution they've got like um, Suzanne, they've got Hazel who's on the ladies team, Francesca also, um, a couple of lads from the men's team and some from the girls team. Uh, so they've been doing an amazing job to actually get the players involved in a committee. Or if you might have injured yourself during one of the tournaments, then hey, get involved in a committee next year whilst you're on a break. Uh, so I, now I just think that we need to do the same for SIS. ACCS, mm. they announced now during the gala that they're actually going to be reserving two seats on the committee for um, uh, students who are members of um, the chamber, mm. uh, which I think is a fantastic initiative. Uh, yeah. That's a great way to get people in my age or even younger involved, because I think that uh, one of the guests on one of your previous um, podcast episodes he said that if you don't get like the younger members, he was talking about like a sports team. It's like if you mm. don't get the kids involved in the sports, um, the sport's not going to survive. Mm. And I think that that's the same case now, both when it comes to uh, the ladies team, the men's team, but also all the committees, uh, SIS, uh, Chamber and the Gales. We really need to get the younger members of uh, the community involved because otherwise these organizations aren't going to survive long term. That's mm. just how it is. Yeah, I'd say, you know, we could we could harness like, you know, some of the amazing skills that the Irish community have here. Um, Sophie works within communications and has brought um, some wonderful social media and, and communication efforts to Swedish Irish Society and, and 
um, that's really raised their profile. Like, you know, so that's using your skills to, to support the committee. If it's like something like maybe you're working in financial, uh, could you help us with treasury uh, or different things? But also um, not to limit it to, to the committee. I would think that if anybody could donate something um, of their time or their skills or a connection, I think that that would go further because I think a lot of people as well are afraid of the, the commitment that, that, that it is. Um, like it, it isn't it isn't that much time you'd say it's hard but um, I think it's hard if, if you don't have like a committee um, with you you know and yeah. I have to say very much everybody pulls their weight on the Gales committee like um, uh, like we had uh, we have two parks now <laughs> Park Black and Park McCann and they, they had to rent a they had to rent a van there the other week and it was in the snowstorm and they had to um, they had to drive around Stockholm collecting balls and bibs because we rented a, a what you call it a storage a storage a fair place and they gave up their sunday morning and they drove around in the snow and and you know not a bother to them it's like you know everybody everybody does what they can um so i have to say it's not that hard it's like you maybe an hour a month of your time and then around the time of the tournament uh it's, it's different things but even if that's too much if there's some way that we could collaborate in um if there's anybody works in stockholm stad if the, you know these different things that maybe we're not thinking of mm. um that could help us to secure facilities uh you know that would be that would be wonderful um that would really drive the club forward so i would say committee and even like just get in touch if you think you can help in even a small way um because it's a really vital part of uh, for the gales it's it's a vital part for the young community um who are very vulnerable when they come over here as young people it's not it's not an easy uh, city to move to stockholm very very difficult if you were to pick a complete opposite culture to irish i'd say you'd say mm. swedish <laughs> um to be honest um, so we don't fit it like our our skills that we move over with that we've relied on our whole lives just don't wash here you know that like banter and the the crack and they just they don't it gets you nowhere no doesn't it? it gets you nowhere it gets you everywhere in new york in france in you know china it will get you there but in sweden they they suffer no fills so <laughs> i think it's a really important part of um you know to make sure we look after our young young players coming in the first thing a lot of young people do when they move over here is is is, is google gaelic teams.com and uh, hopefully they find it easy enough to get our dms and, and hazel answers them pretty quickly and tells them where the training is um so i think you called it a parish from home a parish far um, from home yeah a parish far from home and it's a little it's a little bit of a burnt out parish right now but we're trying our best to build it back up to full sunday mass but i think that like helping out um like helping all the community members i think that this also spans beyond uh, all the organizations like if you're going to be renting out an apartment check if somebody um is new in the city it's like we've always got new expats joining the mm. Gale chat mm. uh, we're joining sas as a member um i always get dms from people uh, asking uh, if i know where they can find apartments and things like that so if um, there are any people in the community that are running out apartments uh, just let them know about those things also job opportunities like it can be anything but we just want to make sure that we can support all the community members in any type of way that we can if it's through sports or via like family activities um, or just getting in touch with other Irish people uh, getting in touch with Swedes they're a bit hard to approach sometimes <laughs> <laughs> she says as a Swede 
<laughs> under, under, understatement of the year kind of ish there, but yeah, we let her know. Just, the w- thing w- is, is that with with this whole, this is what I, I keep on trucking away at is that it's it's like a personal number in Sweden. You know, once you have that, everything unlocks. And I'm I'm, I'm convinced that like once we unlock something in Stockholm Stad or with the training mm. facilities, like everything else will come running. Um, because like there's a lot of potential. Like if 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 we had if we keep going the way we're going, we could build a kids team maybe they won't play anyone but they could train um i think the ambassador um was telling me that when he was uh, placed in 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 china there was uh there was many kids clubs and they even had like local uh, local kids that were involved and they, they played and as you know they would have started off like us as well but it has to be um it has to start somewhere you know but it, it, it there is a possibility if it feels far off but you know our players are having kids now and they want them to be involved other countries 100%. have done it and we're just trying to scratch away and see well, how can we do it the the will is there um how, how can we do it so um definitely uh yeah i don't know we'll see it's one of my favorite sayings whether it be in my personal life or my sort of private life or my professional life is it's only impossible until it's done and that's one of those things that I like, you know, when you look at rugby and the growth of rugby, people used to think rugby was a mad sport. And now there's, we've mm. had loads of rugby on this podcast. Like, so it can be done. It's just a question of how we get to it. Um, just one last thing on that subject before we move on to the gala, because I saw the two years in years are finery on Instagram there the other day, which is why I had to get in touch to say, okay, what have the two of you been up to? But Suzanne, you're obviously, you work in management, right? You manage people, you manage processes. What was the biggest thing you would say you learned from your first season and hopefully not your last as chairperson? Stockholm Gales oh that's a good question um I would say that it's it was my first furor into other than kids uh working with people that like maybe you, you you'd be asking each other to do things and, and like they don't have to do it because everybody's volunteering their own time like if you work in a, in a in a business like and you're and you're a manager like I hope that it would never be the case that it was um the people forced to do but at the end of the day like you, that's what you're at work you're being paid to, to work and, and if your manager mm. asks you to do something you do it but um it, you have to have a completely different approach with a voluntary committee um and i'd be very one that like you know a big part i love about sweden is is the flat hierarchy um mm. i may have the chairperson role but it's more i think i just bring some uh some spider in the web to it like uh, i can mm. see like how things connect rather than like you know I tell people what to do. Absolutely no way. Um, it's very much a flat organization that um, we're all just in it together. We're volunteering our time. We're volunteering our time because we want to, to contribute to our community. It's not just the self. It's, it's also a sense of community can give you a sense of well-being. Um, and after the pandemic, I, I, that's what I really seen was just that I felt like I was contributing to something, even in a small way. Um, and I hope the others did too, because it's super important um, that you feel like that. But I would say it's it's that, that it's um, it's a completely different uh, breakup to like uh, work. Um, it's uh, but everybody's there for a reason. And I think the purpose is what drives committees like this forward. Like, you know, it's if you have a purpose, everything else doesn't really feel like work. Um, and that, that's what it feels like when when we get together. And I really enjoy uh, meeting up with the guys. Uh, we've been really bad actually we've done it on zoom like every month this year mm. <laughs> uh, we're all really busy and uh and, and it works well and uh, so if it's not broken don't fix it but hopefully we'll get together again soon we would hope so. 
dinner invitation, Suzanne. You're still waiting on your dinner invitation. I've been asking Suzanne to like me a proper like Sunday. Come to an Irish dinner. Look at Don't look cry. at as a thank you to the two of you. Sometime in Jan- in January, we'll all get together. Your your family, my family, and we'll bring uh, Sophie Murphy as well, Suzanne. Right, I'll oh, cook yeah. the dinner if it has to be done. Listen, before we go, the last thing, as I said, both of you were out in the refinery there on was it Friday night the gala took place or was it Saturday? Saturday night that took place. Saturday night, yeah, yeah. Okay, Sophie, would you just explain a little, very briefly, what the chamber is and what they were doing on Saturday, what the gala dinner was all about? Uh, well, they handed out the beacon word, amongst other things. Uh, I'm trying to like recall. It's still a bit of like a foggy brain mode, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was in such a state after the gala. So this is what happened. <laughs> uh, no, but it was a great night. They had a god to hand out the Beacon Award, which went to Neil Costigan uh, from um, what's it called now again? Behavioural Sec. Yes, exactly. God. He was uh, at our table. He was so shocked. It was lovely. I really enjoyed that person. Oh, he was thrilled. And then we also photographs with the uh, with the awards. Fantastic. It was hilarious <laughs> at the time. <laughs> <laughs> friend of the podcast Neil Costigan he was only on a few weeks ago and I was actually supposed to go visit him in Lulio before I came to Doha and uh, I didn't have the chance to get up there because life was just too wild but one of the most fascinating as you know you Lovely spent the, the night with him incredibly intelligent and could talk about absolutely anything and now he won the Beacon Award what was the Beacon Award for Sophie? what was that to, to recognise do you remember? Well it celebrates uh, individuals and companies uh, that both uh, work with like sustainable entrepreneurship over here in Sweden uh, that um, um, are good ambassadors for the chamber, their values and what they want to do in the, uh, like in this region, the Nordic region, but also in Sweden. Uh, but it's a great award uh, to like highlight uh, the fantastic work that some entrepreneurs and companies are doing over here, um, bringing Irish innovation over here, uh, helping Swedish companies and other companies in the Nordic region. Uh, and Behaviosec, they were founded in Luglio. And it's been here now for, what is it? Is it 20 years or something like that? But it's been a long time. No, it was 2014, I think, that it was founded. Mm. Correct me if i there thereabouts anyway I can't remember anybody who wants to know exactly go back to the episode with Neil Costigan's well worth listening to and he gives the full story there but yeah it was about 10 years ago I'd say when they, they started up yeah 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 exactly so no they've been doing amazing things um, so yeah uh, I was actually on the selection committee this year and that's why I'm a bit embarrassed that I can't like recall the details but (laughs) oh i've been doing this week with the flu and everything uh but no an amazing entrepreneur uh fantastic leader and the nomination that we received um about him is just absolutely fantastic detailing everything that he's been doing here in sweden and how he's managed to grow behavior sec uh, over here and also in the time span that he has come to grow the company so that was absolutely fantastic to see um no also very impressed very well deserved fantastic um Suzanne is that was that the first kind of you know Irish community gala dinner kind of thing that you've been to here and if it was how did you find it did you enjoy it yeah, as I said, uh, we had um, the the embassy had organised a, a meeting for 
the societies and committees to, to meet um, the Irish business leaders, because, of course, we have many um, Irish businesses now here building the data centres and, and various uh, projects. So we kind of had uh, the ambassador set up the first meeting to, um, you know, get us together, see if we can we can find some shared goals, which we did. It was a wonderful meeting. Um, but as I said, in, in that meeting, uh, Declan was talking about it, and I said, I actually did, never heard of it until I got involved with the committee. And then, of course, you meet the different committees or the different societies. And um, and then I was like, oh, that's exactly up my street now. Get to wear a nice dress and get out for the night. And your own daughter babysat for me. She was wonderful, as always. My kids love her. Um, and they put her to work, I tell you. But uh, yes, we got out for the night and, um, and we went. I absolutely really enjoyed it. It was so well organized and it was lovely. And the highlight of my night was uh, Declan had put uh, Ferrero Rocher on all the tables and he did a little joke about it. And now the gas thing is, is that Sophie and Hazel, I asked Hazel before I told her my Ferrero Rocher joke. I was like, oh, do you remember the Ferrero Rocher? Damien was asking me to bring the Ferrero Rocher up to the embassy. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? And I was like, oh, I was really famous like in the 90s. <laughs> These young people just ruin us, don't they? They just ruin it. But the highlight of my night was that I got a box of Frere Rocher and I went up to his excellency and I said, any chance of a picture for me, ma? And he, <laughs> and, he, and he let me take the picture. And he says, you're not putting it on socials. I said, I promise. And I didn't put it on socials. I mean, I was delighted. <laughs> that's fantastic and I have to say a big shout out after this last year of podcasting and the Gaelic football tournaments and the, the various companies that have been established in Yavlin and Lulio and everything else like that we have to tip our hat uh, to Ambassador Austin Gormley who has absolutely. just done an absolutely tremendous mm-hmm. job across the board and to him and his family who come over here they're our represent they represent our country in Sweden and he's just done such a magnificent job and I was only saying to him recently that you know it's usually you know he's only here for maybe three years four years whatever mm-hmm. and he'll have to go and I'll tell you I'm not looking forward to the day when he says ladies and gentlemen it'll be time for me to move on but geez we'll squeeze another bit of crack out of him yet you know I did ask him the other night I said you're not going anytime soon are you and he's just like no I've another couple of years it's a grand race grand yeah Let, let's not yeah, even bring is, that up you know we'll a, hold on to him he's doing a stellar job bringing the communities to, he's doing a stellar job bringing the communities together he sees it as a really important part of the Nordic strategy for the Irish government and um, mm. that we that you know that we he um that we come together, not just in business, but in the community um, yeah. and people building lives here. Um, mm. And it's a wonderful thing because it is difficult to, to bring us all together. And, and it happened before the gala. And as we said, it was the first of, uh, of many, hopefully, and we'll meet again in the spring um, and yeah. see if we can bring those goals together a bit further. So, yeah, yeah. wonderful job he's done, I have to say. I was sick. I missed that. Now you know. Obviously, as I said, no complaints. I'm at the World Cup having the time of my life, but I was sick to miss that particular thing because it's really been something that that's been lacking to have a forum where absolutely everybody can sit down mm-hmm. as equals and talk about mm-hmm. these things. And I'm sure we'll come back to it, Sophie. As you, I, yeah, I just wanted to say that as you as you said, like you know, these things they 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 take time, and and you were talking about mm-hmm. the rugby club, and and it's taken years for them to get where they are. It's the same for you for you. Like if you, I was thinking that when we were at that meeting today, like. If you had told you 10 years ago, all those people who have been around the table discussing how we can support the Irish community, you would have thought we were mad, but it happened. Oh, yeah. um, and you'll definitely not be missing the next one. I think it's March. Uh, oh, no. together. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, just a, save the day. Tell me now, and I won't go anywhere. You know? I know I won't let you out of it. But yeah, you would have. You, you, I was thinking of you on Saturday, thinking this is an amazing, amazing achievement that you would have dreamt of 10 years ago. And it might awesome. seem like a big thing, but it was a big thing to get all those people in the same room. 
Do you know what? It like it's absolutely huge. And it's again, you know, to go back and compliment you once more, right? I always had a terrible sort of fear or worry that if I ever stopped doing the things I was doing, that they would just sort of die with me, right? And now I know that that's not going to happen because I've seen you doing what you're doing. I've seen Sophie coming in and blowing everybody away in the Swedish Irish Society. I've yeah. seen the success of the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden. And that makes me think that you know, we we always spoke in in the past, certainly we spoke about the future being with people whose names we don't yet know. And now we can yeah. trust that that future will actually actually happen because you know we sowed the seeds and now those things will happen and one of those seeds is Sophie Murphy herself right you're a young woman at the start of your career how did you find it sitting there with all these people who've sort of you know they've come a little bit longer maybe than you have but you're still a, a sort of an ambitious person how did you sort of enjoy the whole evening Sophie? Oh I thought it was absolutely fantastic it was great seeing everyone again and it's like there are a lot of people that I haven't seen since the tournament in August I think yeah. Uh, so it was great getting everyone together again and just yeah reconnecting and seeing how everything's going for everyone and yeah just amazing evening uh great seeing the ambassador and his wife lovely people and Declan and the rest of the ICCS committee and a couple of the gales and the son of course oh, and the um and John, what's his name John Little um Mark Little Mark Little, sorry. Oh my God, I enjoyed his speech. Yeah, so, exactly. I haven't, I've never enjoyed a speech like that. He, I, I was um, hanging on his every word. I was hanging on his every word. You kicking myself, right? Kicking myself because you Mark is one of those people. I do, yeah. Came up through RTE and has not one but two businesses that he turned into absolute fucking unicorn. Did a fantastic job. Unicorn, what did he? What did? What did? What did he talk about? Because I don't know if that speech is recorded anywhere. But what did he talk about? So, oh, I hope it was recorded. It, we, he spoke a lot about leadership. And, mm. um, and 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 vision and and, and different things that, that that I would take with me. Um, he spoke around um, giving people agency, and that really stuck with me. Around um, if we can give people agency, they, they you know they just go with it um, and to trust. And, and and that's what I was leaning into about earlier. Like there's it's it's everybody on the committee. It's you know I bring this little bit, and so and so brings that little bit. But together, we 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 can do it. But you have to you have to trust, and you have to give agency. Um, mm. and so re- like I really enjoyed it like Damien was laughing uh, and Gary Lavelle was there though. <laughs> I was like no I really enjoyed that and they were just like okay this <laughs> <It was laughs> might maybe All of us calm down Suzanne calm down everyone was, uh, were so like starstruck and uh, it's like all the 90s babies they were like who is this man got <laughs> uh, no idea and then Everyone wonderful speaker though like he, like he was a wonderful speaker I, I just didn't expect that at all like I was not yeah. do a little speech like he spoke for about half an hour and like so interesting it was such a storyteller yeah yeah such a storyteller. he talks for like 30 minutes then you're like oh, okay gone now uh we're done with this now but like those 30 minutes passed so quickly like so I quickly yeah He's a great keynote speaker. That's the thing. He's a fascinating character. And he has that thing from back when he used to work in RTE. Like, you know, he looks really sort of, you know, when he starts talking, he's just go, okay, this must be interesting. If this guy's talking, it must be interesting. That's that's fantastic. Ladies, I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. Uh, Suzanne, yourself and Damien and the kids are staying here this Christmas. Uh, Are you looking forward to that? Are you, is there a little bit of trepidation? Is your man back home going bananas because you're staying here? How's that going to work out? It's actually the opposite. She's absolutely thrilled I'm not coming home. I just stress her out. I'm one of these Christmas people, you know, everything. <laughs> and she's not. So she was there going, well, like, if that's what happened, we're moving house in, that, in the new year. So it just made more sense to stay here. But I have stayed here for Christmas a couple of times. And my parents have come over when the kids yeah. were smaller. And it's a wonderful place at Christmas. 
And as long as you have the turkey and ham, share grand, you know. You'll be happy enough. Sophie Murphy, what are you doing for Christmas business? Uh, we're going to be here in Stockholm, actually. I haven't been home for Christmas for quite some years now. Um, I'd love to what? go over, but uh, my dad's out touring this year. Uh, so it would be a bit of a mess with his schedule and things like that. So we'll be staying over here. But he's coming back to Stockholm. He's going to be around on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and the whole lot. Yeah, yeah. but then he's uh, flying out back again. So, uh, so it's like this. We always need to accommodate to his schedule. I think he's come back home like on the twenty second, and then he's flying back out again on the twenty seventh. So, uh, but it's going to be great. Just like um, Christmas with my mass side of family on the twenty fourth, and then we have our Irish Christmas on the twenty fifth. What are you so, most looking forward to, Sophie? The 25th. I don't like Swedish Christmas food. Unpopular opinion for all the Swedes listening. But... I love going out on Christmas Eve in Sweden. There's nobody on the roads. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? We might. The last Christmas I was here it was a white Christmas. You never know. It might happen again this year. And it was the most wonderful Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Like, it really was. That's you. It's rare you get a bit of snow in Ireland. So um, that'd make well, it all the better. I, I was only looking because I'm starting to feel sorry for myself now because I'm leaving Doha now in a few days and I was looking at it and like there's like six, six days of snow or something expected next week just yeah. in the run up to Christmas there so it might work out just yet. Suzanne, what are you most looking forward to about Christmas? A few days off? Will you have a few days off over the Christmas? Just I've, only, I've only a few days off yet. No, I, I'm not taking much because I'm not going home. I'm saving it for the old sports love. Um, but uh, I'm really looking forward to just a quiet Christmas with my kids. They're at that age where it's kind of wonderful. Um, you know, and uh, they're all excited, and um, yeah, no, I'm just looking forward to relaxing. It's been a, a really, really busy um year, and um, worked a lot, and um, yeah, just looking forward to spending time with the family. Might see yourself, Phil, if you're home. I, we, we might just put something together there. The last time I dropped into Damien there just before I left, he was telling me, Is there moving house now in the new year? You're moving up around yeah. the corner there where you live in Sudbury yeah. Bay. How stressful is that at the moment? Well, we're trying to sell at the moment. I've never experienced something like it. Um, yeah, so, but we're nearly there. We're nearly there. But we're oh, really oh. excited. Our house is our house is nearly finished, and and we're walking by it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, my apartment. Uh, please drop into Suzanne's DMs. Uh, yeah. Okay. We want to put a free ad out in the podcast now for Suzanne's apartment. Sell it to me now. How big is it? How many rooms? The whole lot. Eighty-six square meters, and it's just at the cusp of Duvbo, isn't it? It's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> like right in the middle. Yeah. Could could be better located. Like t- taken care of by wonderful previous owners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And if anybody yeah. wants it, do you know what we'll do? We'll actually stick out a link on social media with it. This. <laughs> Put Hamnet and everything. We'll get that sold before Santa comes. Ladies, thanks so much for speaking to me this evening. Merry Christmas, and we'll hopefully we'll see one another over the Christmas time. But uh, thank you both for everything you've done for all in the Irish community this year. As the same for you. It was lovely to talk to you as always. Go, lads. Two fantastic women. I mean, Jesus, you know, my heart is just soaring after talking to them for the last 45 or 50 minutes or so. Because, like I was saying there, 
it's just known that they exist and that kind of thing and that they're they're keeping these things going and that these things will always be there as long as we have people who are engaged in them they're going to be there right uh so if you feel inspired and don't don't do this thing of going oh jesus no i couldn't that's not up my street it is right everybody can do something nobody can do everything but everybody can do something right if you have the bandwidth at all it might even be for a month it might just be to come to a tournament and help with something it might be you have a few quid to throw in the pot it could be absolutely anything but get involved in your community because the community is us right it's all of us together it's this podcast it's the people you know having a cup of coffee or having a lunch together in school where they're working it's the the lads above in the building sites going out for a pint after work or working side by side in the freezing cold above in lulio it's neil bringing his staff through the whole thing of behavior second looking after them as they go along and trying to trying to pass all these things and these these values and these things that we share onto them right but it all comes down to us without us doing it and putting the effort in none of these things happen and that goes for spuds and sill the theater group it goes for the swedish irish society it goes for the gales it goes for the chamber of commerce we have to be involved so you know each according to uh, his needs is i think is the thing that they usually say but if you have the ability to do any of these things please do get involved reach out to the community organizations and get involved with them right your last little reminder gonna give you a new year's resolution lads right a little bit of a new year's resolution community supported podcast the fantastic the wonderful the brilliant martin hessian at veerstrums has supported this podcast from the very moment i suggested it and he's kindly sponsored every month since and he never asked me to say anything he'd never say oh could you tell people about this gig or could you tell people about this match he goes phil go do your own thing and i'm immensely grateful for him to do that uh, for doing that again the irish chamber of commerce in sweden have very generously sponsored some of the episodes as well and i'm deeply grateful to them if you want to support the podcast you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash arrowman in stockholm right so when you're paid for all the christmas presents and the free range turkey and the few cans of guinness that are going to be necessary over the next few weeks and what have you if you have a five or a month over please patreon dot com arrowman and stockholm support the podcast and if we can all do that together it'll help keep the lights on and help me keep putting the time and the effort and the energy into bringing you these podcasts right uh big thanks to certain people you know who you are i don't want to talk about people who pay for the podcast and this just in case to be embarrassed but there's one jet in particular who swishes me a few bob every week he does it and it's just it's more than generous if you want to join him in doing that it's one two three two four two four one six six open the swish app on your phone there one two three two four two four one six six and we'll keep Keep these things going together right we're going to play out this week uh on a, a new christmas song that has been written by the bell kevin walker kevin was on the podcast a few weeks ago together with zach el when we were talking about shamrock rovers coming to dublin to play against Hugh gordon's ef uh kevin plays his football down at other bro now he played for aik in the past then he won the league with Hugh gordon now he's playing for other bro uh, I think they're going to be in Super Ethan again next season. But Kevin, as you may know, nine years ago, he won the Swedish version of Pop Idols called Idol in Swedish. And himself and his wonderful brother, Robert. Robert, is one, he's on my hit list now for guests in the new year. Right, Extremely creative lad. But uh, Kevin has written another Christmas song and it's simply called Gold Yule, which is uh, the way you say Merry Christmas in Swedish. And uh, it's it's an amazing song because it's not one of these, you know, oh, Jesus, isn't Christmas great kind of thing. It kind of points all the things that we tend to forget about Christmas 
Christmas. And it gets into the whole point of, look, at you know, none of these things are important at Christmas. What's important is being together. It's having the time for one another. It's putting the phone away. It's getting together with the family and the friends and that kind of thing. And I'll put it to you now, lads and ladies, right? If you're going to be in Stockholm this Christmas and you're stuck for something to do or somebody to hang out with or somewhere to go, get in touch, right? And I'll either invite you to my house or I'll put you in touch with somebody else. But I don't want anybody to be on their own or to feel that they have to be on their own this Christmas. You want to be in your own, you knock yourself out, right? But if you want somewhere to go, we'll try to accommodate you. And Jesus, if it gets too many around the table, so we might palm a few off on Suzanne or we might palm a few off wherever else, right? But don't be on your own this Christmas. Don't be lonely this Christmas. If you want to be alone, that's fine. But don't be lonely this Christmas. This is Kevin Walker. This is his new song, Good Yule. Listen all the way to the end. If you understand a little bit of Swedish, <laughs> you'll hear a bit of swearing in it as well. Uh, until I talk to you again next week from Stockholm, from the little studio, coming home, ladies and gentlemen, to the little studio in St. Dave's Plot. That's where I'll be talking to you from again next week. But in the meantime, this is Kevin. This is Good Yule. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And shall we be back again next week with the Irish and Sweden podcast? Jag minns nästan var naturlig, familjen är strulig, hela helgen den gick i fanfar. En värld utan måsten, fina julkort på posten, ja det var nog bättre för. Nu hyr vi tomtar på blocket, sen lägger vi på locket och plundar för alla problem. Vi konsumerar på krita, för alla vill vara lika, Like som det var alkohol Skål Hela världen